we are on the uh, on the last line on uh, 50b and um, we're trying to understand okay um, we're trying to understand uh, this uh, question whether you can play music on Shabbos or Yantuf uh, with a Corbin or not and uh, we were, uh, we said that there were two opinions and uh, it depended on whether the main thing is the vocal or the main thing is the music. That was, those, that was the basic way that we came out yesterday. Iker, the words were, Iker shira bepa, the main part of the song is the vocal. Or, no, uh, the Iker shir is bekli. It's the... It's, it's, what? The instrumental, right. And uh, we still, we're going to see some more about what that argument is. Um, because we imagine that some people prefer the, the lyrics and some people prefer the music, right? Would it depend on the person? Is the, uh, how, do you, how do you have an argument in that? So we're going to see, like everything, it's going to uh, go back to the sources of the psukim. But even if we find out what the psukim, then you have to say, well, why is it that way? Um, I was wondering if it has to do, there's a famous argument whether is the part of a niggin have to do with the words? You're oh, such beautiful words. I love saying, you know. Or is it, no, it's the inspiration from the, uh, the music itself uh, that really, like, gets you going, right? So, um, but at uh, any rate, let's begin. This is really an ar- earlier argument. Rashi, ikushir bepa obakli. This argument, uh, whether or not the, the concept of shira is with a um, with your mouth or with a vest. What's interesting is, if it's bekli, so the one that plays the music, he's he's praising Hashem by playing the music. Now the truth is, uh, I had this argument. Um, sometimes in the believe it or not, in the Reform congregations, they hire non-Jewish people to sing, choir. You know, people that sing in churches and other stuff. The beautiful voices, and they sing. And it just feels very trafe, you know. <laughs> like, the, how do you have a person doing the singing, you know, or oh, play? So they play instruments too, aren't they? You know? Right, or the organ. Uh, the organ person who plays right. the organ is not yeah. necessarily. And the question is, uh, well, there's a lot of questions about that service. <laughs> but the the question is, though, shouldn't the act of playing itself or singing itself, if that's the service, you need to have a that's avoda. You have to have a kohen so do that. <laughs> right, right. So, but if it's a kli, the one who plays the kli should do it. Anyway, it's, it's just an interesting idea. Okay. Uh, it says the following, Kidatanya. Who were... Yeah, so who were the um, famous musicians? The Kuzari says that people came from all over the world uh, to hear the music in the Besamikdash. He said that the, um, the Levium worked on it for years and they had special compositions and it was like so beautiful that like... You know, the, uh, the, everybody came to just, just to hear. So who were the famous musicians? So there's a list over there um, the, of certain people. So the question is, who was that masked man? So one opinion is, first opinion is, oh, Avde Kohanim Divrei Rebbeir. They were just uh, servants, nobody special, no, no special yichos to the musicians. Rabbi Yossi says, no, Mishpachas Beis Apagra, Mishpachas Beis Tiferia, these were two special families who were very musical. Ume Imum, and they came from the area in Eretz Israel called Imum. Um, Rashi's very funny. The name Besi Parya, that's the family name. Ume Imum Zeshe Mekomer, that's the name of the place. 
In other words, sometimes you see a name and you want to darshan the name. <laughs> what does that mean? What's the deeper? No, that's just the name of the family. That's just the name of the place. Okay. Hayushai Mesim Lakuna. And uh, these were full, full, uh, you know, Jews who could even marry into Kahuna. Rashi Mesim Lakuna Yisrael Miyuksim Heim. That the they were fit to marry uh, into the Kohen, into the Kuna. So in other words, they, they, it didn't have to be a Kohen or a Levi, but it had to be a full Jew, uh, a full 100% kosher lineage. Uh, a Kohen was very careful to have very kosher, you know, because the children would, be, uh, would not be kosher if they... Uh, for Kahuna, and then the voter could be tamed. So the Kohanim were very careful to marry Jews who knew that they were Jews. So uh, this, is, this is a support for the uh, the singing. Yes, singing to be the uh, right? right. That's okay. right. Okay. Uh, Amar Leviim Havi. He says no, they have to be Leviim. So three way argument here: Levi, Israel, or Goy. <laughs> right, let's see. So my now, by the way, even if they were servants, they would have been half Jews. They would have been, uh, they were Jewish servants, they had a brisim. But anyways, what's the argument? My, this is the argument. If you want to say that they were servants, any old person can play the music. That's because it's, it's not important who plays the organ. Well, not to you. Who plays the music? But it is important who does the vocal. That was the Levian. Uman Omar Leviim have it, and if you say no, even the the instruments themselves had to be Leviim Kasaver Ikashir Bakli. Then he holds the uh, the main thing is the uh, is no even the play. So we, we want to say that argument over there is really our argument, and that was a much earlier argument. So there's no reason for us to re-argue an old point. Uh, and so that's what we want to say that pro- probably that's what they were. That was the uh, debate between those three. So Lumar says. Uh, more isn't satisfied. First of all, there's three opinions over there, not two. <laughs> it's not just, could you use an Evid or could you not? Do you need a Levi or not? So, the Tizra of Yossi, my Kassabra, what's the, uh, how does Rav Yossi fit in there? If the main thing is Bepeh, meaning that the, whoever plays the instruments is not important, so he should be allowed to use a Vadim. And if that is important, so you should have to have a Levi in Yisrael Lo. So how, how do you have a Yisrael? What's the middle ground over there? So it must be, Allah, that argument has nothing to do with our Kuli Alma. And that, that argument, everybody agrees, Ikashir Everybody agrees that um, only the, the main thing is the vocal, and that has to be by the lady. Yeah. And what is the argument? The three-way argument. Well, <laughs> it just happened to be. So basically, anybody could play. So the question was, who was the anybody? In other words, who, who happened to be the players? So one view was the players ended up being the servants of the Kohanim. The Kohanim, there was a lot of work in the Beis Hamikdash. There was a lot of, of, uh, of cleanup work, a lot of schlepping work. And so the Kohanim had servants who, did, who were temple workers, who did a lot of the maintenance, had maintenance workers in the temple too. You know? So those, uh, they also had musicians who, were, who, you know, who did that was their job. So one view is it happened to be that the musicians were from the non, you know, the servants. Umar said, no, it happened to be the servants were Yisraelim, Lamai Nafkamina. So why would they have an argument about it then? If everybody agrees, it's not really significant who the players were, who played the instruments. Because it's not the instruments, the, 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 the sheer is the song. 
is the vocal, and that was pure, pure-blooded Levium. And, the, and, and really, there's no argument. Anybody who wants can play the Anybody who's qualified could play the instruments. So then, and the only argument they had was, who was it who played? The difference was, uh, when they came back from Bovel, they needed to reorganize who was the, from what family. And certain people, we could testify that when the Beis HaMikdash stood, they were musicians. So the question is, what does that tell us about their lineage? So, So what? They played the music. That doesn't prove anything. That's, so in other words, when someone came, oh, I played the violin in the Beis HaMikdash, so I'm a pure-blooded Jew. No, no, no. That doesn't mean anything. That's one view. Below the Meister, and it, 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 you're not a Levi, I can't give you Meister. On the other hand, there's a, who felt that the musicians were all Yisraelim. He says that if you can prove that you were a musician in the Beis HaMikdash, uh, then you're 100% a Jew. But you're not a Levi. And the one who said, no, all the musicians were Levim. It's 100% proof you're a Levi. If your family was uh, in the, uh, playing the music, and you, uh, then you could prove that you're a Levi. That's one way to learn the argument. Um, it's interesting. The arg- again, so it comes out the argument was not so much whether who could play. Anybody could play. We're agreeing that the Ikashira Bepah. The only argument was who ended up being the players. Uh, was practically speaking, did they keep it with the Levium? Was it Yisraelim? Or could it even be Abde Kohan? Revier, that's one way to learn the argument. He wants to say no. The whole argument was about who played the music at the Simchas Beis the Shoeva. It could be this was different music. In other words, in the Beis Amigdash, the, the music was composed by David HaMelech and the songs. And uh, I, don't, I don't think they were able to change the tunes. In other words, I, I don't know that they could... Uh, we've got a great composer here. Let's try a new one. I don't know if they... Um, I, I had... Um, in my yeshiva, they, they had... Um, they were very famous high holiday um, uh, tunes. And uh, people would come from all over. It was from... Go, went all the way back to Europe. And, uh, um, and uh, it was really very beautiful. Like, um, it was... Uh, yeah, anybody who had been there would say, oh, that's the best chazan, you know, the best tunes, the best... So what happened was, one year... One of the Chazanim, who was one of the rabbis of the yeshiva, decided that a certain uh, that maybe we should try a new tune. You know, get the and he threw in a new tune, and the rosh yeshiva had a fit. <laughs> yeah, they probably right. right, right, right. And this never happened. I'm going to say this was the the, the rabbi who was the chazan was very chashiva person, and the rosh yeshiva was a very and they never had public arguments. But the Rosh Hashiva felt that you don't play with the tunes. This is the way we did it in Europe. Uh, and the, the rabbi who was the chazan said, well, he felt that they did play with the tunes. They just never, maybe nobody noticed. Or, uh, but the question was whether the, the tunes had a certain holiness and they could be, um, uh, you know, could you decide to add to it or change? But at any rate, that's the, uh, uh, he says, the, by the Simchos Beza Shueva, that was different than the daily song. The daily song was Davon HaMelech, right? You can't, that was written with Ruach HaKodesh. But the Simchas Beis HaShueva, that's different. He says, no, the, even the Simcha Yisera, even the added joy of the music, even if it's not essential, you could do it on Shabbos, Rabban, and they say, no, Simcha Yisera ain't a Doha Shabbos. 
So that's the, that was the the question. That, there's an argument. Now we're saying the argument was about the Simchas Beis Shueva. Abba Bashir show Corbin, but the song of the Corbin Divrak Kolavodahi. Everybody would agree the Corbin that definitely is a vote of a Dochas the Shabbos. Meisvei, Mar the question right in the middle of the page. Shir Shueva. I keep on saying Beis Shueva. I don't want to confuse it. There was a celebration the night before when they drew the water. Uh, well, they or the that was the Beis Shueva, but then there was the actual pouring. I believe this was the music during the actual pouring. Um, but anyway, uh, the song that when they did the pouring, and I, we mentioned yesterday the interesting part that it's not it should it doesn't say pouring it says the drawing, and Matoso says the word drawing refers to drawing inspiration, that it was the the, the when they poured the water it was like everybody was like I feel it coming <laughs> you know it's I'm my you know I, I can't you know wow like they felt Hashem pouring inspiration into them and they felt the ruach hakodesh coming on they then they sink. He says you could play on Shabbos, Rabbi Yosi. They say no, So So we see clearly, uh, not like what he said. He said that they don't argue by Simchas, by the uh, music at the pouring, and now we see clearly they do. So uh, it, again, yesterday we had see, we had quoted that earlier. It made it seem that the whole argument was by the regular daily shear. But everybody agreed. See, this was the music at the pouring was extra. Was as we said, simply Yisera, just be extra happy. So the question was, can you do it on Shabbos? Don't if, worry, be extra happy. Right, that's right. So, um, uh, so that seems to be it. So Lamor says, Now it even sounds like the whole argument is about extra happy for music. So Lema David Chufter of Yosef Tarti. Yeah, in other words, either you're all in for the music. Not only can you play music on Shabbos, you could play it even at the at the extra music at the at the water pouring. Or we said the opposite. Rabbi Yossi said oh, you can't play at the water pouring, and on Shabbos it's an argument. So this it sounds like this is a double argument. We're saying everybody agrees that you can for certainly you can play on Shabbos. Rabbi but who had the They argue in both places. I why do they argue Bashir Shoeva? Lodia Kalitur of Yosri Yuda. Dafil Bushoeva Nami Dochi. Even the Shoeva where it's just extra joy also pushes off the Shabbos. Uh, um, does he defend himself on both regards or just one of them? On that last one. I, I, um, I, I imagine he would explain himself, but we're, we're just saying that he even argues on that. Uh, but what is, why does it say this is the flute of the base of Shoeva? Shaina Docha Lois the Shabbos Lois the Yantif. So that implies that you can't play it. So zehu de'enu docha. This specific music that was played at the water pouring, that you can't. Abu the korban docha. But if you were bringing a korban, then that, you didn't necessarily use that. that it's interesting. It sounds like they used that particular instrument for the pouring song. That, that particular, that, the, 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 uh, that was unique, the chalil of the Beza Shueva. That's when they pulled that out. Um, and it is true, there are certain agudim that you sing once a year and everybody waits for them. You know, you can't, it's just because they're so, uh, if you sing them all the time, you might get bored of them. But, you know, certain things that you just, uh, um, you know, you just get excited about to hear on Yami Neroim because it, it's, like a, it's like an old friend that comes back. That's the Chalil of the Beis So who is this? E name of Yosef Yehuda, Amr Shir Shoeva Nami Docha. 
he said that you could do both. So we see clearly that they argue by both. So um, it came out uh, that we went, uh, we, we went back and forth. Is the argument by the shear of the Corbin, but everybody agrees that the Shoeva know? Or is the argument by Shoeva and everybody agrees by the Corbin? Yes. So that was the, the back and forth. My time in the mind, you make a shear So now we get, let's go back to the argument and see if we can figure it out. So the one who says the main thing is the music itself, the instrument. It goes back to the Pasuk. So it, it implies that the music itself, you know, David played the harp, right? The, 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 whatever those instruments are called, the, the, the string instruments. The lyre, yeah. Um, so it mentions very clearly that the, uh, you had to have instruments. So that's a proof that that's, that was part of the shear. My time in mind of Ika Shirupa. What's the, what's the reason of the one who says it's basically the And over there, it doesn't mention uh, instruments at all. It just mentions vocal. So we have a two-way. Which pasuk do you like? The one that mentions music or the one that doesn't? What's he going to do with the pasuk by Chizkiyahu? Which mentions the music. The answer is Hakikomar. This is how he's going to read Achel Shir Hashem Did they begin the song with the most important part, which was vocal? Yeah, they had some music, but that was just extra. That was just to. It's a great term, Besumekol, like sweeten it. You have a, a beautiful voice and you sweeten it a little bit, like you add. What's interesting is. Uh, Sometimes this time of year, I like to listen to um, some of the chazanim, like the kol nidre, you know, like just to put myself in the mood when I'm exercising. Or I don't know that that's the time to think of kol nidre, but uh, uh, they all do it with music. They don't do it just vocal. If you ever listen with, you know, Yitzchak Perlman and... Yeah. That's also, yeah, I noticed that, right? That's, yeah, it's not to Right, I had the same feeling, right? It, it, it sounded nice, but it wasn't the same because they had that music there. It just, uh, but the, why do they do it? Because it, it's besume kol, it, it helps the sound, it, it, it sweetens it. Do me de mechatsreim. So, um, one second. I the edek nami. I and the other opinion that says that you need the music. Haksivek and mechatzim mishorim. It mentions only the singers. So how can come? He can explain that mishorim do mechatzreim. The singers are like the musician. Mechatzreim bekliim, just like the the trumpet blowers with the vessel. Av mishorim bekliim. So there is a, a question here. I wanted to show this to Rabbi Cohen. Um, was the trumpet blowers was that part of the music or not? Were the trumpets part of the the music? So there is a Rashi here, from the trumpeters and the singers, it doesn't mention the music. But what do you mean it doesn't mention? It mentions trumpets. So he says the trumpets were not music. <laughs> he, he, he used to play on the shofar, different things with the... Uh, so the question was, was the shofar part of the musical instruments? Or no, the shofar was, and the trumpets were like the alarm. That's the alarm. That's what they used to call the people or wake up the people. But it wasn't part of 
the music. The music was the flute and the and the strings and the, but not necessarily the trumpet. Was the was the shofar and the chatzos was part of the and tosos also gets into that, um, because if they were part of the music, so then this pasuk which mentions the singer is also mentioning musical instruments, but it could be in that verse it wasn't used as music. But maybe you could use it in music if they, somehow that was part of the composition, if they wanted to use a trumpet as part of the... Uh, but anyway, that was, that was a side issue. Okay, let's see the mission. Um, the Bach adds, verse, adds two more words right here. Oh, okay. Thank you. Now, Mishnayas are very technical. They are law books. Very straightforward. They just tell it like it is. Nothing else. Now, all of a sudden, our Mishnah begins in a very unusual way. It says... If you never saw the joy at the uh, at the um, at the water pouring, lo, you never saw happiness. That's it. You can You have no idea how happy they were. You have no idea how um, you never saw it. Isn't that a funny thing for a mission to say? Like, what's the halacha in that? You know, is it? Uh, I um, I remember when uh, I went to yeshiva. Purim, we were so happy. It, it was you felt like you the the simcha was in the air. You could cut it with a knife. <laughs> it was that point in life. But I I always go back to that just to think about how how excited we were for Purim. It was just like you planned it, you thought about it. It was the, the, the when you actually reached it, it was like wow. Uh, but that that's, that's telling you something, telling you how to frame of mind to try to get in from some business. Okay. Now, what exactly, how did the process go? Immediately after uh, the first Yantaf, they went down to the Ezra's Nashim. We're going to learn a little bit about the Ezra's Nashim. Um, the Ezra's Nashim was not for the Nashim. Um, it's not like our Ezra's Nashim. Um, it basically, the, it, it was used by women, but it was not used exclusively by women. In other words, our women's section is, is for women. You, what's a man doing in the women's section? It doesn't. But the, the Ezra's Nashim, they called it the Ezra's Nashim because the women would occasionally go there, but it wasn't the exclusive domain of the women. That's the only difference. Now, in Europe, they did sometimes use the Ezra's Nashim for other things too. You know, it wasn't just the exclusive. But typically in our days, you're in the women's section, that's, you know, that's for the women. You know, the, Actually, they changed that during COVID. The men are right, in the women's right, section, right, you know. Right. But the, but the, that's more like what the base of Migdash was. It was the women's section. It meant that the women occasionally came there, but not that it was only for women. That's the the truth is what they call the Ezra Yisrael was not only for Yisrael. It was for Kohanim and Levim also. It's just that was the place where the last, the closest spot where the Yisraelim were. But okay, now it says Metagat Shem Tikkun Gadol. Um, when people were so happy and they were up all night, so uh, they, um, there's a challenge. Uh, the challenge is that you can't have men and women up all night and, uh, and uh, very happy, which involves... When people uh, are so happy that they lose it, they sometimes could make mistakes. And so uh, we, they, they, we see that they did something to keep, the, uh, keep it holy. That was what they did. They made what's called a tikkun gadol. We'll find out about that. It gets. It, we'll get into the whole Gemara of the concept of mechitza, of of having something that keeps the sexes separate. Okay. Sounds like they were always separate, but that wasn't enough. Uh, uh, being separate was not enough. They needed something else uh, to do, and then we'll see in the Gemara. Menorah shows avayusham. They had giant uh, candelabras. It sounds like they only had these for this ceremony. 
It's even though, uh, or maybe they had them, but they didn't always add so much fuel. And they had big buckets, gold buckets, on top of the light. And each, uh, each menorah that they brought out, each light, had a ladder. I love it that they, you always had these young Kohanim had lots of jobs for only the kids. I think it had to be kids because if an adult would be too heavy, they would knock the lamp down. You know, if you're leaning a lamp up, you need like somebody who doesn't weigh so much that <laughs> he's going to push it. I don't know. I don't know. Either that or the kids would volunteer for the job. I wouldn't want to give kids a fire and lights. But they, uh, the, um, I do believe that the Pirkakuna were teenagers. I don't think they were, I don't think they were that young, like, you know, what we call, uh, but anyway, it will be a day and caught him, Shomeyev, Eshem, Luke, Shehem, and they had these jugs of oil, Matin, Lakosaf, Vosafel, and they also had the wicks. Now, the wicks were, were made, Mivli, Miknese, Kohanim, were made from the Kohen clothes, U, Mehemden, Mehemna, Afkian, Mehem, that's what they would use for the wicks. Now, I think the idea, though, is that this ceremony was also part of the Simcha, because if you're allowed to use the Kohen clothing, uh, that shows that this was an important service. The Hayyam Madlikin, and they used to light it. It lit up the town. It literally lit up the town. There wasn't, a, you couldn't find a spot in Yushalayim where you didn't have light that came from this huge lighting. Um, it's interesting also when you go to like a big event, it's a sporting event. So the, the center is always like really lit up. You know, that's the, the middle is like, that's where all the big lighting. If you don't have the lighting, that's like, a, but that came from here. Okay. The Hasidim Anshin Maisa and uh, holy people of deeds, Hamarak Mifnehem. They used to dance in front of these lights. Now, um, the question was, how did they, uh, who decided who gets to dance and who doesn't? You know, who, uh, and when they would dance, they would dance with flaming torches. Rashi, also fascinating Rashi. They threw them up high, and then they caught them. Some could do it with four or with eight. They would catch them and they would. Yeah, yeah. So how does Rashi know that that's shot in the Pusik that it was four or eight? Or is he just telling us from his experience that you do one or that? Can you juggle six? Is, is, was there something to like the, the, um, the number, like four? Uh, like, uh, just interesting. I don't know enough about juggling. I have to ask the juggler. That's uh, Rabbi Silverman. If there's a, is it easier to juggle? Is it like do you pick an even number? I guess you would want an even number. Just to, or I, I never noticed if they juggle uh, how many they do. But at any rate, they start off with three, right? And that's the minimum amount. They start off with three, right? Right. They start off with three, right? So it's interesting that over here you have four or eight. Okay. But at any rate, while they were saying it, in front of them, people would sing They would sing songs of thanksgiving and praise. And meanwhile, the Levium, they were playing away on their 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 their, their string instruments and their cymbals and their trumpets. Ubaklishir below Mispar, you couldn't count them. There were so many. And where were the Levites standing? Where was the choir? They were on the steps. They had fifteen steps. The Shir Hamalos, that's where they stood. And there's a capital tilim for each step. 
Um, some people, that's what they say at this at the Beis Shueva. They say the fifteen shira malos and until him. Shalem living on the klishir, but omim shir. So when we don't say pirkei avos, I think during mincha shabbos, I think that's those fifteen. Oh really? Okay. Uh huh. Oh, that's interesting. Maybe I don't know if it's fifteen or not. Uh huh. Okay. And you had two Kohanim standing in the upper gate, Shiyod Mezid Yisrael, Ezra's Nashim, where the Ezra's Yisrael uh, went down to Ezra's Nashim. Now, there's a coming down because the, the, there were like steps in between, and so you were headed up when you went up to the uh, Harabais. Uh, and they had two trumpets, Korah Gever, and when the, uh, they had a person who was the announcer. The, the man called out. Um, they're, they're, the base of was coordinated. Things weren't, uh, everything uh, had a time and an order and a way to go. You had a, the crier would call out, okay, guys, ready. Then they blew shofar tika, then they reached the tent tika, basically there was a procession as they walked their way up. Tika Vario. And then Hayutokin Vaholkan Achim Agil Ashar Hayotzimizak until they reached the gate that went out. Agil Ashar Yotzimizak, Hafka Pineim and Mizrak. Now, when they were uh leaving the uh, uh the uh, the gate, they turned around to uh from east to west, the Omra, and they said, Avusenu Shaiba Makamaza Akhurea Melahecho. So it's a strange thing, not strange. In the book of Yechaskel, um, he mentions that there were sun worshippers, that there were Jews that were beginning to worship idols. And uh, when they would be in the base of Mignish for Vesikin, they would turn to the sun and bow. And when they did that, they were showing their backside to Hashem. Mm. And uh, it was like a, a... So one of the ideas of the, of the um, Beza Shueva was that the people, the... Um, the Sukkot celebration is that we succeeded in doing Teshuvah for the sins of Yom Kippur, and that we were successful of fixing the problems. So they made a point of saying over here on the way to the Beis of Shueva that uh, maybe there was another time when people would show their back to the, to the temple and bow to the sun. But <laughs> no way, we only look to Hashem. We don't worship the forces of nature. Rabbi says, He said, Our eyes are to you, and to you are, and and, uh, and your eyes are to us. But uh, they made a point of showing that they were not repeating the past, uh, the past sins. Okay. Someone who never saw Simkas Beza Shuevin never saw joy. Me shalom. Now, a, a few other things that if you never saw it, you never saw the real thing. Me shalom farta. If you never saw Yerushalayim, the city in its glory, lo nechman ma'olam. You never saw a beautiful city in your life. If you saw it, uh, no other city would compare. Yerushalayim had a special chen. Third thing. Me shalom If you never saw the base of Migdash when it was fully rebuilt. You never saw a beautiful building. What's that about? What's the beautiful building? It's interesting. The more it doesn't question the joy at the Beis Shueva, the more it doesn't question the beauty of Yushalayim. But the more it says, well, what's, what do you mean about the building? What was so special? So, Amr Abai, Vitei Rechista, Zeb Binyan Hurdis. 
That's when Hordis redid the Beis Hamikdash. He made it very beautiful. I think they they call it one of the seven wonders of the ancient world or something. They, he built it in unusual beauty. But my bono, what did he build it with? So what was unique about it that was unusual? So Omar Rava, Rava says, but Abne Shisha Umirma was a certain kind of ivory. It was built with like an ivory stone that had a beautiful colors. Whether it was blue green, apik shafa shafa, and the way the wall was designed, it looked like waves. Uh, they, they, the, the ivory looked like it was moving. and they had a place where the you didn't see the cement line. Several mission bedav, and Herod wanted to go further and wanted to add gold. So shafke leave it. It looks it looks great. The Mexican because it looks like the sea. There is the idea when you look out at the sea, you see Hakadosh Baruch Hu. If you've ever been at like an ocean or Niagara Falls, or you, at some point there's a religious feeling. You you feel Hashem and you say, "Wow, you know, that's a, there's something about seeing that you know the depth of the water brings you back to creation." So uh, so they uh, he wanted to add some gold and they said no gold would only detract here it's so beautiful that it, as it was okay Tandra Yudalmar Mishalo he added the following now after the base of was destroyed uh, the large Jewish communities were in Bavel and in Mitzrayim in Egypt now in Egypt they were into building so Rabbi Yehuda says if you never saw the shul in Egypt you never saw a nice shul Mishalo Ra and the name of the shul was called Diopolustin. That's a Greek word. If you never saw the Diopolustin shul in Alexandria, Shal Mitzrayim, lo wrote a coven show Yisrael. You never saw the honor of the Jewish people. It's interesting. Even the base of Migdash didn't have that kind of honor or the, 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 uh, the, the wealth that went into that building. Omar Kamin Basilki. It had a basilica. That's like a round top. Gedola says, Stiv Lifni Mistiv. That we had that before also, there's a certain description of the benches. Uh, the Steve inside the Steve. Shishim Riva, Shishim Riva, Keflaim, Mitzrayim. They had uh, the amount of Jews that left Egypt was 600,000. So sometimes they had 1,200,000 worshippers. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> and can you imagine davening with a million people? Vahayubo, Ayin Alf, Katadris. And they 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 had uh, the the the, uh, the what they call today the Mizrach van the we don't really have it so much in our uh, usually the, only the rabbi sits up front but in Europe it used to be like the important people of the town would sit on the eastern wall that was like the best seats in the house and so like people would uh, fight you know would donate money to the shul to get those seats you know the so the t- the front row over here was seventy one seats of gold. Why 71? The number of the great Sanhedrin. So the, they had 71 seats on the, um, on, the, on the dais, as they say, on the top row. So what's the $6 million question? Tosus? What do you mean 71? Sanhedrin was 70. Tosus? Sayobo ayin alav katera shazav. Kenegad ayin alav zakenim. Pirsh Sanhedrin. Tema. Whoa, it's a wonder. Adam Perikandra Sanhedrin, Sanhedrin Gadola, Haisis Shavim Vechad. Rabbi Yehuda Amr Shavim, Mim Kena, there should only be 70 like him. So what, um, he said there was only 70 members of the Sanhedrin. So where's the 71? So he says maybe it was for the, what they call the Mufla, Mitokak, Shaosa Katadra Haisil Mufa Shabbat It was for the Chief Justice. Maybe the Chief Justice was besides the 70. 
So there's, it turns out there's a debate. Was there 70 or 71? Uh, okay, it's, it's interesting. Back to the mark. Okay. Um... Uh, um, the amount of gold, uh, I'm sorry, and they had 71 chairs, more like lounges of gold, up in the 71 members of the great court. Now, the weight of the chairs. These were real expensive gold chairs. I mean, they, they, gold, you know, the gold was uh, very valuable. Ubima shalates, but the bima was made of wood, and it was in the middle. There is, by the way, the, um, the traditional shuls always have the bima in the middle. And one of the things some, uh, in some places in their form was they started moving the bima to the front. And there, was a, there are discussions whether that's, are you allowed to do that? Because we always have the, the bima is amongst the people. It's not that the people are uh, like going attending a concert and they're performing up there and we sit in the back. No, the bima is in the middle. It's in the middle of the uh, in the middle of the shul. Um, bima. The truth is the way the shul has it, it's a little bit of a compromise. It's not it's not really in the middle of the. It's it's. I think they did that in order to be like close to the women's section so they could hear. Uh, it's, it's, but it, it, it's, it's fine. But it, it, it goes all the way back to have the beam in the middle. And you had the leaders of the shul. Now, they need, how do you communicate with a million people and no microphones? That's also part of the Jewish experience, not to have microphones. So they had flags. And when it came time to say, Amen, hello, he would wave the flag. And then they'd say, Amen. Amen. Um, now, could you sit anywhere? No, they didn't sit mixed. The gold maker, the goldsmiths would sit together. That's where the silversmiths would sit together. The blacksmiths would sit together. The carpenters together. The weavers would And when a poor person would come there, he would he could go to the people who were doing his trade and he could sit in the section with his fellow workers, Parnaso, and he could get a job, It's Very interesting. This was the custom this was the custom in Europe, by the way. In in Europe they did that. They had, you know, that um but it's, it comes out that it was really done that way for Chesed, so that a person, when they knew what it was they wanted to do, they could find people who would be in that trade, who could help them, uh, hire them, and work. But why would that be how you davened? But, okay, it's just interesting, okay? Um, but that's how they had it. It seems to show that you can talk, like... <laughs> after you know, davening. Not, not make it right for that. Um, maybe it's after davening. But right, whatever, right. But it's, it's just it, is, it is interesting, yeah. socializing besides the davening. Yeah. It's that location. Right. I took it that it was set up with chesed, that even the shuls were set up in a way to help poor people get jobs and make connect with the right people. But, uh, or the or people who could help them would be there. If you're in a trade and you meet somebody who could do it, so you know what, maybe I'll pick up, maybe I'll hire him for a few little things or something. Oh, okay. So uh, what happened to this great shul, this great community? Alexander the Great wiped them all out. Um, <laughs> So my time onshem. Why did they get punished? Why did Hashem allow that? There's a pasuk that says we don't go back to Egypt. We've been there, done that. Yeah, Jews shouldn't settle in Egypt. Uh, 
uh, that says when Alexander came to Egypt, uh, he stopped at the community, Asher Dahavi Kori Sifra. He saw them reading a Torah, and the part they were reading, the Gentiles were always superstitious. They were reading the part about Yisa Hashem El Kacha Goy Hashem will bring an enemy from afar. And he said to himself, Miktahu Gavra Boyla Maisi Yom. He was traveling, and it should have taken his ship 10 days. Dali Zika, the wind came, and he took it as a sign of the stars that uh, he had extra time on hand, enough for alive in Ketlu, and he wiped out the, uh, the Jewish community of Egypt. Okay. My, it's a whole subject about this. There are people that specialize in that subject about that Jewish community. They have excavations, and uh, it's just very interesting. But anyway, so we said there was a Tikkun Gadol. There was a, um, something happened that they fixed the situation at the celebration in the uh, women's section. So what happened over Lazar? Originally, they divided it up, the Kifu Gazutra. And uh, they made like uh, a gazutra platform. They seek to share nashim yoshvus mimala. The women sat above, and the men sat below. Um, and uh, that that was the fix: is they put in the balconies for the women to keep them separate. Then Rabbanu Shonai nashim ifnim nashim. First, they tried the women inside and the men outside. By boy they kalos rosh. The men would cut through the women's section. Then they put the women outside. They like trade it off. Let's here let the women go in the men's section. The men go in the women's. Let's figure this out. They die and hide, but it still didn't help. Uh, still didn't. Uh, uh, so then they they went with the balconies. So the question is, hey it. how could you like add a balcony to the temple? Everything in the temple had to be proved by the prophet. You couldn't just add some. You couldn't put a tree here. You couldn't. Everything had to be according to spec. It had to come from Hashem. So, what right did they have to add the mechitzas, to add the balconies for the women? So, Rav Salavechik, actually, when the uh, initially when the conservative movement, which started out orthodox, started playing with the rules, one of the first rules they knocked down was the separation of the men and the women, and so. The question was, they said, where does the Torah say anything about separations for men and women? So the, they, they would always bring this Gemara. This was the Gemara. The, if you look in the Mechitza book, the, where you see that they, they built the Mechitza in the temple, that they, Chazal found the Psukim that teach us, yes, you do need to have men and women separate, and we'll find out on Shabbos. So they, did they announce what time Slichot starts before midnight? No, no, I'm talking about in the morning, before the 7 o'clock thing. Is it normally 20, 25 minutes? It's Sunday, all bets are off. You never know when Sunday is. Really that's, a, that's the minute, because on Sunday, yeah. you never know till you get there. They'll publish it. Look in the Shabbos flyer. I'm sure they'll have it. Oh, Chuck, you were at, it's uh, an hour before the late Mincha. Um, I never know what time the late Mincha is. The late Mincha uh, always changes. Right, so that would put this. Cl- yeah. We don't say Good Friday here. Yeah, Good Friday. Okay. Yeah. Bad Friday.